Okay, guys, welcome to another Jesus Rant. Pastor Tom Carter, Word Without Walls Ministry. This is Season 3, Episode 48, The Gift, Part 3. And really, a lot of what this rant series has been about for me is... Well, I'll just read it and then and then I'll really get into it. It's uh, it's really kind of my main memory verse for this whole series. It's what was on my heart. It's kind of the big idea that I I, I want to start to wrap up this season and this year on. And it's it's First Timothy chapter six verse twelve, and it reads, "Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you." which you have declared so well before many witnesses. It's it's the whole idea behind this rant series because I think it's so important that when we're talking about the gift of God, which is eternal life, and you know, last week we talked about what to do with that gift and, and what we do with the gift of life is we live. What we do with the gift of life is we we use it. We give it away. We share it. We make sure that we live for others. We make sure that we live a life that is pleasing to God. Um, I think next week we're going to talk about living in the light as He is in the light, because that's the gift that He's given us. It's it's a it's a better life. It's a abundant life. It's an eternal life. It's it's the the it's not just life as we know it, but it's literally the life of God. It's a life of love. It's Jesus's life. And it's him living his life in us and through us and as us. That's the gift that he's given us. And our only part in that really is to fight the good fight for the true faith. Or I think the King James Version says to fight the good fight of faith. So what that means is laying hold of the gift we've been given or holding tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. We get so messed up in this life when we spend our time and our talent and our treasure, our three T's, when we spend what we have, when we spend this life that we've been given trying to get something that we think we haven't got. That's when we get screwed up. That's when we get messed around. That's when we start to miss out on the things that God has already given to us and provided for us. And that's the key to the whole thing. You can't earn a gift. A gift is freely given, but it must be received. Like, for example, if somebody puts money in your bank account and you don't know it's there, you're not going to spend it because you don't know that you have it. You haven't received it. It's yours. It was given. You've got it. You just don't know it yet. It's the whole idea behind the truth has set us free and the truth has made us free, but it's in knowing and believing the truth that we can experience that freedom that we've already been given. And, you know, I, I, I kind of another picture of it that, that I kind of heard and, and I like is the idea of like, if you're in a jail cell and when, let's just say when you're sleeping, the guard comes by and he unlocks the jail cell and he says, Hey, you're free to go. Now that that's true, now you're free. Now you're not in, you, you're you're still physically in prison, but you're not technically in prison anymore. You can walk out anytime you want to, except you don't know that, so you stay in prison because you don't know you've been freed. It's like when the Bible talks about Jesus coming as a thief in the night. He did this 
Without our permission, he did this without our help. He was lifted up from the earth on the cross and he drew all men unto himself. That's why I always say we have a measure of free will. There were time, There are times and places in our lives where God just does what he's going to do just simply because he wants to do it. And the biggest example of that is Jesus on the cross drawing us all into himself. I believe it's the book of Hebrews talks about it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. And Jesus kept that appointment for us. He died and we died in him. His death was our death. And really, uh, when you get to, to Revelation and the different things, we, we know that that's the second death, right? We were in Adam, and Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree of death. And on that day, he died, and we died in him. But it was a spiritual death because Adam physically went on to live to be 900 and some years old. So that was the first death. And then when Jesus came, he drew us out of Adam and into himself, and he died on the cross. And that was the second death. That was the death that we needed in order to walk in newness of life, in order to experience not Adam life, not quote-unquote regular life, not life as we know it, not the struggle that we find ourselves in the midst of most days, but something new, something different, something better, a more excellent way. Not just life, but Jesus' life. Not just life, but the abundant, everlasting, eternal resurrection life of God. And that's what the gift of God is. And again, our part is not to earn that because it's a gift and you can't earn a gift. Our part is to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold or hold tightly to the gift, to the eternal life that we've been given. We already have it. We don't need to get it. We need to know and believe that we already have it. So that's what's been on my heart so hard and heavy for this rant series is just the idea of stop trying to be somebody you're not in order to get something you think you haven't got. Instead, you need to know and believe that you have what God says you have so that you can just be who you are, so that you can embrace who you are, so that you can stop trying to be somebody you're not and you can just be you. You can be who you really are, which is who you are in Christ, which is who Christ is in you. It's the Holy Spirit living inside of you. It's the inner man. It's the hidden man of the heart. That's your true identity. And that's Jesus. That's why I wrote Identity Crisis where I said, we're not Adam, we're Jesus. The cross changed everything for us. It brought us out of death and into life. And not just life as we knew it, but Jesus' life. And our part is holding tightly to the eternal life to which God has called us. So that's what, where our focus should be. Our focus should never be on getting something we think we don't have. Our focus should be on knowing and believing that we have what God says we have. And to me, that makes things, that really simplifies things. I don't want to say it makes things easier because a lot of times it's hard to hear the still small voice of God when the world is, is screaming and yelling at us as loud as it can and trying to bury us under the, the, the lies of the world. And, you know, I've, I've noticed this. Pretty much all my life I've kind of noticed this. It always seems like the darkness is stronger. It always seems like the bad things people say about you really take up hold in you a lot stronger than the good things that people say about you. It's like we have trouble believing the good things about us, but we're, we will readily accept the bad things that people say about us. But to that I say, you are not what people call you. 
but you are what you answer to. If you believe it, then it's true for you in your life. And again, I'm not saying you can believe, oh, I'm a millionaire, and then you can check your bank account and you'll have a million dollars. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you can believe one of two things, either the report of the Lord, which is the truth, or what the world is screaming at you, which is a lie. And whichever of those two things you believe, that's what manifests in your life. If you believe that you're just a dirty, rotten sinner and that God is mad at you and all of these different things, you will continue to run from him instead of running to him. And you will continue to miss out on everything that he has already given to you, which again, more than anything else is his eternal life. So that's why it's the good fight of faith that allows us to hold tightly to that gift that we've been given. And uh, I have two more small passages I want to read for, for the rant today. And all of my scripture today is from 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy because it was important to me that when Paul was writing these letters, basically to, to his protege, to, to his, to his right-hand man, to his, uh, his, his son in Christ, as we say, um, these are the things that Paul wanted to impart to the next generation, to, to his guy. He's like, you're coming up and you're going where I've been and, and I'm trying to teach you these things and these are the things that it's important for me to teach you. So first I want to read 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. And it reads, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. So again, I believe in the new covenant on this side of the cross, after Jesus finished the work, that there's only one fight that we should be fighting. And it's the good fight of faith. Knowing and believing that we are who God says we are, that we have what he says we have. And then knowing that and believing that, and then being able to experience that by receiving and releasing the gift he's given us, by living the life that he's given us. So to me, when, when, when Paul writes, uh, here are my instructions that they may help you fight well in the Lord's battles. I don't think we're supposed to go fight every battle. And we're, I don't think we're supposed to be, you know, attacking people or, or, you know, religious folk will say, oh, you got to love the sinner, but hate the sin. But how that always seems to manifest is by being mean to a person who's doing something that you don't like. And I don't think that's okay. I don't think that that's what we're, I don't think that's what we're supposed to be doing. I don't think that's what we should be doing. It's not my job to tell you what to do. It's my job to tell my son what to do to a limited degree until he becomes an adult, until he becomes, you know, a full grown man. Other than that, I don't think people should be telling other people what to do. Like you don't, you're not my boss. You're not in charge of me. I have to take responsibility for my own self. So the fights that we find ourselves fighting so often, like, oh, I'm on a sin hunt. I got to drive the sin out of the camp. Well, why don't you just, you know, focus on yourself. If you want to drive the sin out of anybody, drive it out of yourself. And by that, I mean, drive the unbelief out of yourself by making sure that you're believing the right things. And once you believe the right things, then all of your actions, all of your deeds, your life will reflect that. Because what you do flows from what you believe. Like I said earlier, if you believe you're a dirty, rotten sinner, you're going to act like one. 
if you believe you're a saint, if you believe you are the righteousness of God in Christ, that's what you're going to act like. You are what you believe you are. According to those two things, I'll say them again, either the, the report of the Lord, which is the truth, or the screaming of the world, which is a lie. You can believe either one of those two things that you want, and it will manifest in your life. You know, that's why the Bible talks about you can't serve two masters. You have to choose one or the other. And it, and, and if you, you, you know, if you believe the lie, then you're going to have some hard times. You're going to have some rough stuff. So these are the instructions to help you fight well in the Lord's battles, to, which to me, the Lord's battles is the good fight of faith. He gave us that faith. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Our faith comes from God proving himself faithful to us. We don't, I don't believe there's any such thing as blind faith, right? I, I, heard, uh, I heard one preacher say that he doesn't think faith is a blind leap in the dark. He thinks it's a blind leap in the light. And I like that a little bit better, but I don't think it's a blind leap at all. I think it's God saying, I've always caught you and I'm going to catch you. So go ahead and jump. And then us trusting him that he will be faithful to his word because he always has been, right? The Bible says in another place, uh, you know, let God be true and every man a liar. Everything God says is true because as soon as he says it, it becomes true. Like if God was to say, you know, the, the, the sky is purple, it would be purple. It would stop being blue and it would start being purple because his, his word is creation. His word is creativity. His, his word is truth. Whatever he says is true. And what he says about us is true about us. The trick is knowing it and believing it. The trick is fighting the good fight of faith. The trick is holding tightly to the eternal life to which God has called us. The trick is letting him show us who we are by showing us who he is. Because again, who we are, who we really are, is who we are in Christ, which is who Christ is in us. So let me back up and I want to read verse 18 again and then into verse 19 of 1 Timothy chapter 1. It reads, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. Ready? This is verse 19. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. That's it. That's his instructions. That's how, that's the help that he had for his protege to fight well in the Lord's battles. Cling to your faith and keep your conscience clear. We all have a conscience. You know, some of them are, are, are seemingly more developed than others. Uh, some of us seem to be able to ignore our conscience easier and, and more than others, but we all have them. We all have a, 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 a I don't want to say a moral compass, but that's kind of what it is. Like we know what's right and what's wrong. We know what God is saying deep inside of us. If we will be still and know that he is God, if we will stop focusing on all of the wrong things, if we will stop looking for love in all of the wrong places, and if we will just understand that the source of love is God and he lives inside of us. So love is already in there and it just needs to come out of us. And that happens when we fill ourselves to overflowing with what he has already filled us with. So all we have to do is cling to our faith in Christ and keep our conscience clear. And, 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 you know, again, he says, some people have deliberately violated their consciences. And as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. It's easy to get twisted up. It's easy to get messed around. It's easy to believe the lie. It really is. Because, you know, the world knows how to 
be very deceptive. The, the, it knows how to be very persuasive. It knows how to push the right buttons to get you to do what it wants you to do. It knows where you're weak, you know? It knows the things that are going to prey on your mind, the things that are going to bother you the most. It knows what to say to get you where it wants you to be. But in contrast to that, God only ever says one thing. He says, let there be light. God says, I love you with every beat of his heart in our chests. And when we be still and know that he is God, that's what we hear. We hear, I love you, I love you, I love you, with every beat of God's heart in our chest. It's not pulling flower petals, saying he loves me, he loves me not, and just hoping and praying that we land on he loves me. It's, it's Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's God looking at us and seeing his beloved son, Jesus. It's God looking at Jesus and seeing us. It's this father-son relationship where he is well pleased with us. We are in right standing with God because of what Jesus did and because of who Jesus is. Jesus included us in his finished work by drawing us into himself when he was lifted up from the cross. So we are no longer in Adam. We no longer identify with the old man. We no longer identify with the sinner. If you're a sinner who is saved by grace, you're not a sinner anymore. You've been saved. You've been transformed. And now you're something different. You were a sinner, now you're a saint. You were a slave, now you're a son. And when we know our identity, we can walk in our identity. We can be who we really are instead of trying to be somebody we're not. And that is so important. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. I always kind of say it like this. And listen, as a, as a you know, uh, before I say this, I just want to put this out there. I, I don't practice this 100% of the time. I've gotten a lot better at it. I know it's the right thing to do, but like I said, sometimes it's hard. But I'm at the point in my life now where where if something doesn't pass the tummy test, I'm not into it. I don't do it. If I get a gut feeling, I trust it. If my if if something makes my tummy hurt, I don't want to do it. And I'm not talking about eating. I'm talking about, you know, that feeling you get when you're like, "Uh, I don't think this is right." We get those feelings for a reason and we need to listen to those feelings. That's our conscience. It's not always, you know, an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other with one saying, do it. And the other saying, no, don't do it. It sometimes it's a, it's a gut feeling where it's like, Ugh, this isn't for me. When you feel that feeling, I say, go with that, go with your gut, trust your gut. So that to me is the easiest way to keep your conscience clear. If you don't think you should be doing it, you probably shouldn't. If you need to hide it, you probably shouldn't be doing it. And, you know, I'm not talking about uh, keeping a secret for someone to surprise them or, you know, things like that. I'm talking about if you're trying to hide something because you're ashamed of it, you shouldn't be doing it. Like, it's that, it's that simple. So the advice from Paul to Timothy was uh, to the, the, the instructions to help him fight well in the Lord's battles was to cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. That's how we fight the good fight of faith. We cling to our faith. And, and the best part of it is, again, is that Jesus is our faith. He's the author and finisher of our faith. It's his faith that moves mountains. It's his faith that makes things happen. And all we have to do is hook our faith to him. And then his faith takes over and does what needs to be done. So before I run out of time here, I want to read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3-7. through 7. And the heading here is encouragement to be faithful. 
And again, this is Paul writing a letter to his dear son in Christ, Timothy. Timothy did not write First and Second Timothy, Paul did. He wrote them to Timothy so that Timothy would be able to have some instruction and, and, and you know, they weren't together all the time. Paul was very, very, very persecuted. Um, he wrote these letters to his spiritual son in order to help guide him. That's what I'm trying to say. So 2 Timothy chapter 1, I want to read verses 3 through 7. Encouragement to be faithful. It reads, Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. There he goes again. He, these are the things that he focused on when he wrote these letters to his, his spiritual son. He wrote about faith. He wrote about a clear conscience. He wrote about clinging to it, hold tightly to it. He wrote about being steadfast. He, he Really, he, he, he spent so much time and effort encouraging Timothy's faith encouraging Timothy's steadfastness, encouraging Timothy's clear conscience. He was building him up in the way that he should go, which is what Proverbs says. One of my favorite verses talks about build up a child in the way he should go, and when he gets old, he will not depart from it. We're always so quick to try to judge people and tell them what they're doing wrong, but it's so much more powerful to tell people what they're doing right. And when people know what they're doing right, and they focus on what they're doing right, and they continue to do the things that they're doing right, then those things will grow and the things that they're doing wrong will just starve and, and, and wither away just all on their own. You don't have to fight every battle. If, 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 if you stop feeding things in your life, they will stop growing. Like it's that simple. You don't always have to fight with it and vanquish it. Not everything's a dragon. Some things are just, you know, uh, uh, something that's hungry that needs to be starved. And if it's star, if you starve it, if you don't give it your time and talent and treasure, then it will wither and die. And then you won't have to worry about it anymore. So again, this is first, no, second Timothy chapter one, verses three through seven, encouragement to be faithful. Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. And I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Here we go with verse 5. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Faith, 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 steadfastness, having people who pray for us, having a support system, having people who love us. All of these things are so important in our life. It's not good that man should be alone. We need people who will pray for us. We need people who have our back. If you can stand back to crack with someone, excuse me, back to back with someone, if you can cover them while they're covering you, then neither one of you has to cover yourself. If I'm taking care of you and you're taking care of me, I don't have to worry about me because I'm covered. And that's so much stronger and so much more powerful because it's more blessed to give than to receive. If I'm giving you everything I've got and you're giving me everything you've got, then we both have it all. And it wasn't from getting it. It was simply from receiving what was given. We didn't earn it. It was a gift and it was received. So he says, uh, again, in verse five, I remember your genuine faith for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you, this is what I wanted to get to verse six. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Guys, when we're when we're holding tightly to the eternal life, we're fanning the we're fanning into flames the spiritual gift God gave us. Because when we're holding tight to the eternal life to which God has called us, that means that we're living that life. That's what we talked about last week, right? This life we were given, this gift we were given, it's it's to be lived. You were given life so that you can live, so that you can walk in newness of life, so that you can experience Jesus's life as he lives his own life in you and through you and as you. So we fan uh, into flames the spiritual gift God gave us by fighting the good fight of faith, by holding tight to it, by clinging to the faith and having a clear conscience by doing the things we know we're supposed to be doing. And I always say, if you don't know what to do, do what you know. Love people. It's that simple. There are times in my life where I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know what the right thing to do is. And when I get there, I fall back on love. How can I love in this situation? How can I help people in this situation? That's my go-to. That's what I want to do. I remember one time having a conversation with someone years and years and years ago, and they were like, well, what do you like to do? And I said, I, I, I like to help people. And they were, they, they were kind of flabbergasted. They didn't, they didn't really know what to say to that because a lot of people have trouble seeing past themselves. A lot of people think I have to get what I need for me and I have to take care of myself. And if that steps on somebody else's toes, well, too bad for their toes. But that's not the best way to do it. That's living fearfully. That's living in a way that you think, if I don't do it myself, it's not going to get done. And there are times when we, when that is true, especially in the natural. I remember, I like to tell this story. Uh, I remember when I got my first apartment and I was living by myself and the trash started to pile up in the trash can. And I realized one day, I was like, man, if I don't take that trash out, it's not going to get taken out. So, you know, there are some things that you have to do yourself in your life. You have to take care of business. But spiritually speaking, it's about relying on God. Spiritually speaking, it's about clinging to the faith that you have in Christ. It's about holding tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. And you hold tight to it by giving it away. You hold tight to it by using it, by receiving it and releasing it. God has blessed us so that we can be a blessing. He's given us everything that we need so that we can share what we have. It's not just about hoarding it up. It's not just about saying, I got this for me and now I have it and I'm good and I don't care about anybody else. It's the opposite of that. It's I have something and then now I can share it with everybody else. And again, you know, I always talk about uh, one of my favorite Westerns, Unforgiven, with Clint Eastwood, where uh, I guess he's kind of the bad guy. One of the one of the other characters, um, he he said he's about to get shot, and he says, "I don't deserve this." And then Clint Eastwood says, "Deserves got nothing to do with it." And that's how I feel love is. It, we are all deserving of love just because we're humans, right? It's like our God-given rights. Deserve has nothing to do with it. You don't love people because they deserve it. You love people because they're people. You love people because God loves you, and the way to love Him back is by loving people. So. It's not about whether or not somebody deserves it. It's not about whether or not somebody has earned it. It's not. It's simply about I have something to give, and you're you've come into my path, so I'm going to give it to you. That's how we hold tightly to the life we've been given. 
we live it. We give it away. We share it. We let other people experience it. And in that way, we experience it. And, and, and again, you know, living, living a life of, of, of fear and timidity is thinking, I have to get it all for me and I have to keep it all for me or else I won't have it. But living a, a life of power, love, and self-discipline is saying, I have everything I need so I can use it, so I can share it, so I can give it away. This life has been given to us so that we can live it. And we do that by holding tight to it. And we do that by giving it away. I know it sounds a little, you know, counterproductive, but that's how the kingdom is. You know, that's really the first will be last and the last will be first. We, we receive in order to release because you have, and, and, and that's the divine order of it, because you can't give what you don't have and you can only give what you do have. So you have to receive it first, but then you, once you receive it, then you have something. And then once you have something, then you can give what you have. That's how it works. That's the divine order of things. That's how we fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave us. He gave us the spark and we take it and we, you know, we take that spark and we fan it into a flame so that a Holy Ghost wildfire will consume whoever we come into contact with. And when we start to do that, then it becomes not second nature, but really just first nature. It just becomes our nature. It's, it reveals itself as our true nature, where we don't have to think about, do does, does this guy deserve my love? It doesn't matter. Just love people. Just give what you've got wherever you're at to whoever is around. Like that's as simple as I can make it. So that's what's really, really been heavy on my heart about this, uh, this idea of the gift. I think I have one more, maybe two more, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with this first Timothy six twelve, fighting the good fight of faith, laying hold of eternal life, holding tightly to the gift we've been given. And again, holding tightly by giving it away. So thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys so much, and we'll see you next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that I've written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because I don't like to pay a lot of money for books, and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it, and you can, su you can support it, excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it, uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it, to uh, to help me to get the word out, which, you know, as we know by now is, is my heart, is just getting this word out, Word Without Walls Ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.